Judges chapter 5, and we'll read from verse 1. Then sang Deborah and Barak the song of Abinoam on that day, saying, Praise ye the Lord for the avenging of Israel, when the people willingly offered themselves. Hear, O ye kings, give ear, O ye princes. I, even I, will sing unto the Lord. I will sing praise unto the Lord God of Israel. Lord, when thou wentest out of Seir, when thou marchest out of the field of Edom, the earth trembled and the heavens dropped and the clouds also dropped water. The mountains melted before the Lord, even that Sinai from before the Lord God of Israel. In the days of Shamgar, the son of Anath, and in the days of Jael, the highways were unoccupied and the travelers walked through byways. The inhabitants of the villages ceased. They ceased in Israel until that I, Deborah, rose, that I arose a mother in Israel. They chose gods, new gods. Then was war in the gates. Was there a shield or spear seen among 40,000 in Israel? My heart is toward the governors of Israel that offered themselves willingly among the people. Bless ye the Lord. Let us pray. Father, would you take your word now? We pray that you'd inscribe it on every single heart of every person. Stir us up, we ask, in our faith to continue on and to go on in your name and for your glory. We ask it for Jesus' sake. Amen. Um, Judges chapter 5 and our reading is really, um, it's a song or someone once said it's a poet of Deborah. Deborah was a judge in Israel. She was the fourth judge of Israel. Now Israel were not always a monarchy. As you would hear throughout the scriptures, they were a theocracy. In other words, theo from God means they, he was their king. And Israel wanted to be like other nations, so they asked for a king. And of course, they had Saul in later years than our reading. And then, of course, the Lord had chosen David. It became then a, a monarchy. And so then when Christ came, he came as the king, God the king again in a man. And when he comes again, he's God, the king of Israel, and a man. So it will be a theocracy through a monarchy. That is the Lord Jesus Christ, okay, when he returns. The time of Deborah here, Deborah, she's a woman, not only a, a judge in Israel, but she's a prophetess. She's a prophetess. Now, ladies, when we speak of spiritual things in Scripture, you would think, Especially even in the so-called, uh, I say so-called, in the many places you would have what is known as the, this liberated New Testament theology. Even there they think, well, ladies are just for making tea and cleaning church. Now listen, ladies, that's not true. Because even in First Corinthians <clears throat> chapter 11 and verse 5, let's look at it. Just briefly, First Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 5. It says, but every woman that prayeth or prophesieth with her head uncovered dishonoreth her head. By the way, that's not about hats, it's about headship. Dishonoreth her head, for that is even all one as if it were shaven. Notice, every woman that prayeth or prophesieth. So even if you wanted to go along the line, women must cover their heads. 
but you're to sit still in church and not to speak, ladies. Does that mean then if you have your head covered, you're allowed to prophesy in the same church? You can't have it both ways, sure you can't. You can't have it both ways. A woman can't come into church unless her head's covered. Well, then she has to prophesy, be able to prophesy in your church too. That's in the same verse. That's missed out. Listen, ladies, you're not just for cleaning church and you're not just for making tea. The Lord Jesus had women surrounding him. Even the woman at the well that had five husbands with number six, who wasn't her husband, he made her an evangelist and off she went into the town to to speak of Christ. Now notice when we go back again and we think of the book of Exodus, we have Miriam. Um, in chapter 14, my memory served me right here. Exodus chapter 14, does that me find it too? And just let your, your eye run down here. For me, chapter 15 and verse 20. It says, And Miriam the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, or as we say in northern Aaron, Aaron, there's an Aaron, we call him Aaron all the time. His name's actually Aaron. And Miriam, the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took a timbrel in her hand, and all the women went out after her with timbrels and with dance. And Miriam answered them, Sing ye to the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. After Israel comes through on dry shod through the Red Sea, what happens? Miriam is a prophetess. Notice there's women who are prophetess through the scriptures. Then in 2 Kings chapter 22, let's look at it while we're here. Well, might as well just look at these. 2 Kings chapter 22, let your eye run down. King Joash, he's, a, he's one of the better kings in the house of Judah, the southern kingdom. The northern kingdom are um, under the cause of the Assyrians. Now Babylon will be at the door within years, but notice uh, Josiah, um, pardon me, Josiah is the king, and he sends uh, men to a woman, look at verse 4, called Huldah. Go up, the high pri- go up to Hilkiah the high priest, that he may sum the silver which is brought unto the house of the Lord, which the keepers of the door have gathered of the people, and let them deliver it into the hand of the doers of the work that have the oversight of the house of the Lord, and let them give to the doers of the work which is in the house of the Lord to the, repair the breaches of the house. Unto carpenters and builders and masons to buy timber and hewn stone and repair the building, howbeit there was no reckoning made with them of the money that was delivered into the hand because they dealt faithfully. Now notice this, here he's starting to build. They find the word of the Lord. We just have to skip for time's sake down to verse 14. So Hilkiah the priest and Ahiakam and Akbor and Shaphan and Asiah, I wish they call him John and Jim or whatever, went, <laughs> or Billy and Bob, <laughs> went unto Huldah the prophetess. Notice. This is a prophetess. They're building, they're building the literal structure of the, the, the temple, the church the, that's been torn down. Now they need spiritual guidance. And where do they go? Go to a woman called Huldah, the prophetess, wife of Shalom, the son of Tikva, the son of 
Harhas, keeper of the wardrobe. <laughs> that sounds strange. I wonder what that was, eh? I'd nearly need one of them in my house because every time, every time our door rings now, it's one of those men with one of those parcel boxes that you order online. And between Alice and the two girls, it's like a keeper of the wardrobe or another something else has been ordered in as well. Now she has, now she dwelt in Jerusalem in the college and they communed with her. Notice here's a college now, a prophetess. And she said unto them, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, tell me. Tell the man that sent you to me. And thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will bring evil upon this place and upon the inhabitants thereof, even all the words of the book which the king of Judah hath read. Why? Look, because they have forsaken me and have burned incense unto other gods, that they might provoke me to anger with all the works of their hands. Therefore, my wrath hath kindled against this place and shall not be quenched. But unto the king of Judah... Which sent you to inquire of the Lord, thus shalt you say to him, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, is touching the words which thou hast heard, because thine heart was tender, and thou hast humbled thyself before the Lord, when thou heardest what I spake against this place and against the inhabitants thereof, that they should become a desolation and a curse, and hast rent thy clothes and wept before me, I also have heard thee, saith the Lord. Behold, therefore, I will gather thee unto thy fathers, and thou shalt be gathered into thy grave in peace. And thine eyes shall not see all the evil which I will bring upon this place. And they brought the king word again. So this prophetess Huldah says, the Lord's going to destroy this place, Judah. But you're going to live and you'll go in peace. And the Lord will bring this upon the nation. And that happened. I think without turning, we know of Luke chapter 2, verse 36. Anna of the tribe of Asher was in the temple when the Lord Jesus was being brought in to be dedicated. And notice, Anna was a prophetess, we're told. Notice, she was a prophetess. And then, when we go further into the uh, New Testament, let's turn again to Acts chapter 21. Acts chapter 21. And let your eye run down to verse 8. The day following, Paul went in with us unto James, and all the elders were present. I've maybe wrote the wrong scripture down here. Anyway, it's Philip. The it's Philip's four daughters. If somebody can find it for me, you can shout up. Apologize those that are watching. And uh, Philip's four daughters uh, were uh, they prophesied? We're told they prophesied. Now, the, some people say then they preached. So that means then they either preached the word or they prophesied. What am I trying to say this, this morning, ladies, although uh, that leadership in the church should be of men. 21 and 9, is it? 21 and I did get it right then. I read verse 8. That's what it was. 21 and verse 9. Acts 21 and verse 9. Let me just go to it. Verse 9. Oh yes, and the same man had four daughters. Virgins which did prophesy. It was right under my nose and I couldn't even see it. I'm going to have to get my glasses checked. It was right under my nose. I was wondering why I couldn't even see it. And they did prophesy. And the idea of it is, is that even though in Deborah's day, God raised Deborah up. 
And we hear people say, and it may be well so, but we can't be dogmatic on it that because of the state of Israel at the time, that there were no men to stand, so God raised up a woman. That may or may not be so. We don't know. But it seems that way. And see, the thing is, brother, that you're meant to be the priest of your home leading your family. It's not meant to be up to your wife. It's meant to be up to the, the brother, the man. It's meant to be up to the brother encouraging his wife on. Encouraging his children on. And the idea of this is, is that when there isn't a man to step up, God will bring forth a woman. Now listen, ladies, and I mean this, and I'm not trying to be facetious, and I'm not trying to be smart, and I'm not trying to say it just because it's Mother's Day. But I mean this. I always mean this. Ladies, without you, we're lost. Men need a good woman behind them. Need a good wife behind them. Women are the backbone of a family. The linchpin that holds it together, usually. And without the woman in the church, brethren, I'm sorry, but we have to admit it, Without the ladies in the church and their faithfulness, without the ladies in the church and them taking their stand, without the ladies in their heart to go on, church wouldn't really function without them. And the idea of it is, is even as Adam and Eve are, so Eve was the helpmate of Adam, yet Adam was to take the head and lead. Deborah, this woman, in Israel. We have to think of the times of it. This is a poet, poem, or uh, it's like a hymn that's being sung. She was a, a, a poetess and a prophetess. She was a, a poetess and a prophetess. And, uh, and chapter 5 is actually a song of victory of what had already happened in chapter 4. Now, when we look at chapter 5, they start by singing this. Notice, uh, praise ye the Lord, verse 2, for avenging of Israel when the people willingly offered themselves. So Deborah, when she's singing this, is looking backward. She's looking back to what happened, and now they've come through the difficult time. Now they've come through the time when it's uh, the, the enemies have been vanquished, and defeated at this point. And Deborah uh, rules as a judge for 40 years. You know what 40 is in the scriptures? It's the number of trial and testing. Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 years. Number of, number of tra- or 40 days, pardon me. And 40 days represents uh, uh, 40 years or 40 years, 400 years for Israel. And all those 40s, it mentions trial and testing. That's what it means. And so Deborah was given this space of trial and testing that God was with Israel. And yet even when we look at it in a moment in chapter 4, Deborah prophesies. Deborah's a woman who sits under a palm tree and prophesies. That was her church. Under a tree. And they came to hear the word of the Lord. So she was a married woman. 
And yet her husband is mentioned, but very little is known about him. And when things got so bad, it took one woman, a mother in Israel, one woman to stir up the heart of the Captain Barak. And even he got into battle, wouldn't go in without her. Even without uh, all the armies and whatever they thought they had, everything had collapsed. They had no weaponry. The enemy was had total dominion over Israel. The very sin in the nation, the sin in the land, that the people were free to walk the streets. Let's look at chapter 5 and we'll look briefly at chapter 4 in a moment. Let your eye run down to verse uh, 6 please. It says, In the days of Shamgar, the son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the highways were unoccupied, and the travelers walked through byways. Notice the highways were unoccupied. The idea here is the caravans, now not the things you go on your holidays in. You know those things that square things that you sit in half the summer that are off the devil? You know those things? <laughs> With the wheels. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm not... But anyway, (laughs) so anyway, (laughs) caravans were the traders that came. They traded along the highways because the major cities had uh, a lot of flow of traffic coming in and out of it. And as they traded, they were packed with people. Suddenly the streets, they were going empty. The villages were emptying out because everyone that was... All that was bad was now called good, and all that was good was now called bad. Trading went down. God's blessing had lifted. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? And those who were out in the the, the towns and the cities, the highways were hustling and bustling. There's nobody there anymore. Because everyone who was then thought of as you stay in the back roads or the by roads, you're the ones who are sinful and the thief and the robber and the, and all of those who, of all sexual uh, immorality and all of that, they were now in the highways. This is what happened in Israel. They were now in the highways and those who wanted to follow on to know the Lord, they had to use the back roads. They were afraid of using the highway, the main road. The mainstream, the mainstream became so corrupt Today, isn't it? The mainstream became so corrupt. The church, if you want, had become so corrupt, they worshipped everything and anything. Hello? Everything went. Ecumenical services happened all over. And God became less. The worship of Yah, or Yahweh, the God of Israel, became less. And the God of all those who brought in their gods became greater. And so the people, uh, they were afraid to speak out and to speak up. And those who were wanting to strive to serve the Lord, they would have used the little by roads. They went around the back roads, as we would call them. And they were afraid to come out into the open. Look at verse 7. The inhabitants of the villages ceased. The centers became like ghost towns. They ceased in Israel. All ceased. Look at the, the trading even in our shopping centers. The centers of their towns starting to deplete. That's all you hear all the time. It's going down. And I believe it's all part and parcel 
that our people have turned away from the Lord. And the churches are afraid to use the main road now. The Christians are, 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 are hiding behind in the byways now and they'll say, well, if we don't rock the boat, if we don't speak out and stand up, we'll, we'll maybe save our lives and have an easier life and get on with it. And yet the things of God are crumbling. She says, the inhabitants of the villages ceased. They ceased in Israel until, notice, until that I, Deborah, arose. I arose a mother in Israel. Notice one woman. One woman. You know, generally women in heart are, I think, naturally more loving than men. Women in heart may be softer uh, in those ways than men. But I can tell you something. See when a woman rises up. (laughs) Brother. (laughs) Oh dear. Especially when you, especially when a mother's children are at stake. Even when her husband is at stake. You know, my, I, I have to be honest, Alison never really ever gets angry. She never yells or shouts. Never. But I can tell you one thing. There may be times when I'm stressed and she would say, or maybe even things have been said about her or to her, takes it on her stride. But see if she feels that I've been hurt by something. Oh, she's mocked. It's like, say what you want about me. But don't you dare touch my husband or my children. Isn't that right, mothers? Wives, isn't that right? This mother rose up. One mother. God has placed in you, sister, something that men don't have. Listen, and we're be- I'm being honest. I'm not, again, I'm not being funny or facetious about this. If it wasn't for you women and men was left up to men to bear children, there wouldn't be any. Simple as that. There wouldn't be any. You wouldn't have one, never mind some families with two, three to seven or whatever it is. Wouldn't happen. And another thing, we don't have it built into us to be able to withhold the pain of it. One woman with her God was a majority in Israel. Did you hear that, sister? One woman with her God was a majority in Israel. You know what we need today? Mothers in Israel. You know what we need today? Mothers in the church. Even if you're not a mother, it doesn't matter. You can rise as a mother, as it were, to encourage, to nurture, to strive to bring up others along behind you. And Deborah, she says, listen, the devil had his way. I seen my children's future. I seen my grandchildren's future under this regime, under this weak government. They were hiding, the government were hiding. 
They wanted someone to lead and there wasn't a man to step out and step forth. But one woman stood up. One woman with her God. With the Lord God of heaven. And the enemy couldn't stand against it. Sister, would you be that mother this morning? Would you be that woman, that lady to stand up and say, you know what, I I think of the future of my children. My grandchildren. Maybe in your home and maybe your, your family are, maybe you're the only one saved. Maybe your family aren't going on with God. Sister, stand up and be the mother. Be the one to say, I'm not backing down. I'm not giving up. I'm going on in God. Be the best mother and the best wife you could be. Get it into your heart that you're going on with God. Stand up and say, with my God, all things are possible. Notice here, it says, until that I, Deborah, rose, <clears throat> I rose a mother in Israel. Notice they choose new gods. Then was war in the gates. New gods. Sure, Britain's choosing new gods every week, aren't they? And there's war in our gates, isn't there? If it's not terrorism from one place, it's from another. If it's not an assault on, on our nation, it's one thing or another. And everything is going down the drain. And this is the legacy. This is the legacy for our people. This is the legacy for your children and my children. And you know what happens? Uh, the mothers in uh, 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 Israel are not standing up. Ladies, you have changed the globe when you put it into your hearts and minds. Ladies, you are the backbone. You are the strength. You are the ones that has the fortitude. You are the ones who spur on even whenever men are failing. And I'll be honest and bring it personally to you. There's times in my head's away and I don't know what to do. There's times I'm so physically tired, mentally exhausted, spiritually weak. And I have my wife. She says, like a mother in Israel, Come on, let's get up and march on in God. We need you, ladies. The kingdom calls for you. The nation needs women like you. Because ladies, you have a fortitude that men don't have. And the oppression of the Canaanites we're there. Will you go with me back to chapter 4, please? And look at what it says. Let your eye run down to verse 4. And Deborah, prophetess of the wife of Lapidoth, she judged Israel at that time. And she dwelt under the palm tree of Deborah, between Ramah and Bethel, in Mount Ephraim. And the children of Israel came up to her for judgment. And she sent and called Barak, the son of Abinoam, out of Kadesh Napoi, and said unto him, Hath not the Lord God of Israel commanded, saying, Go 
and draw toward Mount Tabor and take with thee 10,000 men of the children of Naphtali and of the children of Zebulun. And I will draw unto thee to the river Kishon, Sisera, the captain of Jabin's army, with his chariots, with his multitude, and I will deliver him into thine hand. And Barak said unto her, If thou wilt go with me, then I will go. But if thou wilt not go with me, then I will not go. And she said, I will surely go with thee, notwithstanding the journey that thou takest shall not be for thine honor. For the Lord shall sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. And Deborah rose and went with Barak to Kadesh. What happened here? Here she prophesies the word of the Lord to Barak. Instead of Barak, the man who's meant to be in the place here, taking the word of the Lord, believing the word of the Lord, carrying out the word of the Lord, know what he does? He says, never mind the word of the Lord, would you come with me? And she says, I'll certainly go, but you know what's going to happen? They're going to look and say, Deborah won the victory, instead of your faith in God, brother. But I'll go. And what actually happens uh, in the story here is that the, the enemy comes. These are the Canaanites at this point. Later it will be uh, Nebuchadnezzar and his army. But these are the Canaanites at this time. And the captain Sisera of the Canaanites comes and he fights against them. And we're told in verse, just for time's sake, that's where I run down to verse 15. And the Lord discomforted Sisera with all his chariots and all his host with the edge of the sword before Barak, so that Sisera lighted down off his chariot and fled away on his feet. What happens is the word here, discomforted, can be termed terrified. God terrified Sisera. And the actual word here, it gives the idea of to make a noise in the air. Discomforted, terrified It gives the idea to make a noise in the air, to scare him senseless. You would have thought that God carried out his word and he made a noise in the air as though it was the wings of angels, some commentators think. The noise of the air that was going round about him, was it the sound of a, 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 a mighty rushing wind? I don't know. They heard in Acts chapter two? I don't know. It's also used when Egypt, uh, the Egyptians were coming after Israel. And remember the Lord put a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire by day and night. And at one point he looks through the pillars that, uh, God looks through the pillars at the Egyptians. And we're told that the Egyptians were afraid. It's the same noise. The pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire made a noise in the air. And it held back the Egyptians. They were terrified. That's what held them back. They were terrified. It's like Second Kings chapter 6 when Elisha had the, the young boy with him, the young servant with him. And, and all the hosts of the enemy were camped, Midianites were camped around. And he says, Lord, take the, take the scales from off his eyes that the young man might see. And there the hills were covered with uh, the, the, the chariots of angels. There'd be more for us than be with them, or more with us than be with them. And he sh- the Lord showed the young man this. And the idea was, there wasn't just all this glistening light of chariot, but there was a noise in the air. Whether it was meant to be like a wind or whatever, we don't know. And it gave the young man strength and it gave the enemy fear. So notice this, brothers and sisters, and notice this, sister. We need a mother in Israel to stand up in the church. Mothers to stand up and say, I'm going to take my stand. I'm going home with God. I'm going to walk with him. 
I'm going to keep my relationship with him. I'm going to move on. I'm going to help lead my family out. You know, brothers and sisters, whenever you and I are saying we're going on with God and nobody sees us going on with God because our life doesn't look like it, there's no sound in the air, as it were. There's no, there's no wind in the shaking. There's no fruit and there's no, uh, uh, there's no witness for it. And what people need to see is that they hear and see something different about you and something different about me. Makes them even terrified. Something different about that people in CET. Something different about that man. Something different about that woman. It's the anointing of the Spirit that we need. Notice Deborah arose, a mother in Israel. And then, let's go back to chapter 5. It says in verse 9, My heart is toward the governors of Israel that offered themselves willingly. Now notice, first of all, Deborah rises. The people in verse 2 offer themselves willingly. Now the governors offer themselves willingly. Look, one woman with God, one prophetess stands up, takes God at his word, sister. Takes God at his word and stands up to be counted, stirs up the heart of Barak, and God brings a great victory in the nation in the land. But what she's looking back to chapter 4, as we know it, and what she's actually thinking here, is as she stirs up and prophesies, the people start to offer themselves for service. See how others catch the vision? See how others then start to fall into line and into place? Listen, there's no preaching without the people to listen. There's no church, as it were, service without the people to come. The people willingly offered themselves. It's like uh, Paul says in Romans chapter 12 and in verse 1. The apostle reminds us that we are to yield our own bodies as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God. For it is our reasonable service. Not only then, when the people started to rise, what happens? The governor starts to rise. The government takes note of the people who are starting to move in faith. I'm going to look at it tonight. I will heal their land. I'm going to look more at that tonight. But do you see if we were to have one woman, one mother in Israel, one woman to stand up and to step out, one woman with tenacity, with boldness, fearlessness, in touch with God, with the word of God, prophesying unto the people. People start catching fire. You know what happens? One torch serves to light another torch. And then all of a sudden that torch lights another and many others and people start to willingly say, well, there's something happening here. It's called revival. It's called revival. God used a woman, sister. A woman like you. A woman like you. Nothing special. Nothing supernatural, this woman. Well, she was a flesh and blood woman just like you. A mother with a heart for her children. I ask your sister uh, who has uh, children or even grandchildren, is this the world that you want our children to live in? 
the way it's going and the, the, the nature of it and the whole sick, sad, twisted depravity of it, is that the, is that the word you want your children and your grandchildren to, to grow up in? Because it's certainly not the one I want mine. Then why do we allow it? Why is there no Christian woman movement against it? Speaking just to women today, I'm not just picking on women, I'm just speaking to them today. See, ladies, there's something different about a woman than a man in their heart. That is a woman in touch with God. The governors of Israel offered themselves, government will take note when the church starts to arise. But instead, the government are treacherous at the moment. Treacherous government. Weak. Treacherous. Shameful. Diabolical. The governors willingly offer themselves. And notice what it says. Let your eye run down to verse 12. Awake, awake, Deborah. Awake, awake. Utter a song. Arise. She's talking to herself. <laughs> Which lady? Many women talk to herself. I know when you especially talk to yourself, see when you're mad at the mom. You turn away and you I don't like that's all I can work I don't know what you're saying like, but I But this time she's talking to herself and God, come on, Deborah. There's only one. There's only one of me. But my God is the Almighty. Come on, sister. Come on. There's only one of you. But your God is still the Almighty God. There only may be one of you, but he is still on the throne. And when you stand up, you'll find there's another mother will stand up. When you stay strong, there'll be another mother to stand alongside of you to stand strong. And then another one, and then another one. What you'll find? You'll find that one body of mothers can change the world. Change our nation. I'm going to close because time is flowing. Notice what it says, though. She gathers some of the tribes of Israel together for the war. She's singing about this, what had happened. It's already happened now, but she's singing about what has happened. Just let your eye run down for me to verse 15. The princes of Issachar were with Deborah. Even Issachar and also Barak. He was sent on foot to the valley of the divisions of Reuben were great thoughts of heart. See Reuben, in Genesis 49, Jacob prophesies over his son Reuben. Know what he says? Reuben is as unstable as water. And now his descendants are still unstable. One minute they're for you, next minute they're not. One minute they're in allegiance and alliance with you. Next minute they're not. They're a bit like 
a bit like the French. Deborah goes looking to Reuben. Will you come to battle? Ah, well, now, hold on a minute, Deborah. Some are saying, yes, we'll go, and others are going, we'll go, and they don't. They don't know what to do. Reuben is as unstable as water. And you know what James tells us? A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Brother, will you set your mind this morning? Will you set your heart this morning? Will you set your eyes this morning on the Lord? And decide once and for all, I'm going into war against the enemy to take back ground that the devil has stole. I'm going in. My wife is there. Even if you don't have a wife, I'm going in and I'm going with a full heart to serve the Lord. Will you do it this morning, brother? Notice here what it says. Verse 16. Why abodest thou among the sheepfolds to hear the bleedings of the flocks? For the divisions of Reuben, there were great searchings of heart. You know what it means here? Reuben preferred to sit in the easy life to hear the sheep bleeding and see his brethren bleeding. What if all of the tribes were like Reuben? What if everyone didn't turn up for the battle? Verse 17, Gilead abode beyond Jordan. Notice, why did Dan remain in ships? Asher continued on the seashore and abode in his breaches. So Dan and Asher, Dan took himself off. Dan took him, the judge uh, tribe, D-A-N, or, there's, no, there's no vowels in the Hebrew, so we've been D-A-N, but for our English it's D-A-N. That's why we get Dan, Don, Don from, uh, it all means judge, like Adonai, D-O-N, God the judge. And here, Dan's in ships. You know what Dan did? Everywhere he went, he changed the name of the place to Dan something. Change the name because put their father's name there. He's like an otter, by the way. Don or Don or Don. Change the names. So he wasn't concerned. You know what? Sure, I've left, the, I've left the British homeland. I've left Ireland long ago. What do I care anymore? You know, this nation that we live in, we're left here and we have to pick the pieces up. But I wonder how many of us are going to stand and say, we need to keep faith because, listen, even in the church, even the church fight against those. Many in the church fight against those who want to stand on the word of God and preach the blood. But Dan abode in ships. Asher, he stayed at his holiday home. He remained at the seashore. Let me finish. In the battle, here's what we must do. Sisera. Sisera hides the Canaanite king. It's a great sound in the wind, as it were. 
gets off his chart, he hides, and he goes running, read chapter 4, and he comes to a woman who's meant to be in allegiance with her or her husband, and she says, come into my tent, we'll hide you, we'll hide you. And so he goes into Jael's tent, and he says, I'm thirsty, give me water, but she gives him milk, and he ends up, he's exhausted, he lies down, and he falls asleep. No, she does, she gets a tent peg. Now, we're thinking there'll be tent pegs, like that when you, go, you go camping. Something like this. Jael, you're sleeping. I'll sit at the door and keep watch for you. She gets her hammer. Right, sister is laying his head in the ground. She puts it there. She hammers his head through to the ground. And there he dies. The enemy is defeated. Another woman. Slain the devil underfoot. Another woman finished the war. I was going to say she started it there, but I don't want the ladies to get me in the way out. She didn't start it in the sense where it was her fault. She raised them up, and then another woman caught hold, and she finished them off. One old preacher says, See where he died? His ear to the ground? She says, I wonder, there where he fell and his blood was spilt, there with his ear to the ground, did he listen to what his soul was going through underneath? Think about it. The ungodly. Dan. So, This is what I've written. For example, Barak is in Hebrews 11 and 32. You can read it. He's in Faith's Hall of Fame. Yet Deborah isn't mentioned. It's not strange that, isn't it? The man got the glory, as it were. God gets the glory. God gets the glory. Let us be faithful in our weakness. And let us be faithful in our in weakness through though weak in faith. Let us be faithful in weakness. That's what I wrote. Though we may be weak in faith. And you may be weak in faith, sister, brother. Stay faithful. Because even though you're weak in faith, if you're faithful right through that, you'll start to arise again. And others will see the Lord in you. And God bless his word to us, for Jesus' sake. Amen.